If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Enjoyed this singing and worship of our Lord, and truly that's why we're here this evening. Amen. To worship the living God. Um, Psalm 53 is about the Lord Jesus Christ and His offering that He made for sin. Without the Lord Jesus Christ and the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. You cannot be forgiven by doing enough good. He does not teach us to reform ourselves and do ten do's and ten don'ts and everything's fine. But if there was going to be forgiveness of one sinner, then God Himself had to give of His only begotten Son, God the Son, and He had to put his, our sin on Him. He died an innocent death under the wrath of Almighty God. Amen. And I want to preach on that this evening. Psalm 50, or Isaiah 53, rather, the Bible says this, Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed Him not. Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to His own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. Now shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. This is the word of our Lord pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that You'd be with us this evening. Pray bless the preaching of Your Word. Bless it to our ears, God, and to our hearts. We thank You, Lord. We thank You for Christ. We thank You for the Gospel. We thank You for these dear brethren out here. Pray You'd be pleased with everything accomplished this evening. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Starts off here, the Bible says, "...who hath believed our report?" And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? I like how when the Scripture tells us of the Gospel, before it says anything about salvation, it says, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? 
Brethren, we realize this evening that if the arm of the Lord is not revealed by the grace of God, there's no one here that would just out of the blue say, I want to be a Christian. I want God. We did not choose Him first, but He has chosen us. And, and so we'll see that through the Scriptures. He who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For He shall grow up before Him as a tender plant. We realize that when Jesus came to this earth, He did not come as a royalty. He wasn't born in the high prince's palace, but He was born to the son of a carpenter. He was humbled. He was born in a manger. This is the Creator God of all the universe, yet He humbled Himself to the lowest degree. And He came in a manger and He was as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. When we shall see Him, there is no beauty that we should desire Him. He did not come to please the outward appearance of man's flesh. He did not come to make a show of Himself. But He came and humbled Himself. What condescension to men of low degree that the Creator God would come and make Himself known to us in such a humble state. Amen. The God of all glory taking on the flesh, born of a virgin, living a sinless life, dying on an old rugged cross under the wrath of God that you and I deserve. That's what our Lord has done. Amen. He hath no form nor comeliness when we shall see Him. There is no beauty that we should desire Him. So often through the Scriptures you can read, especially in the Gospels, you can see where people were looking for a king. Maybe they were looking for a king to bring them out of the heavy hand of Rome. They wanted someone to help them here and now, and they had no thought of spiritual things. Jesus didn't come to set up some earthly kingdom at that given time, at that point. His kingdom is much greater than anything on this earth. He has an everlasting kingdom. And the rule of that, there is no end. What He came to do is He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows. Surely we all bear some kind of grief. Surely we all go through times of sorrow, through times of trouble. But this man was a man of sorrows, acquainted with a grief far greater than any of us have ever known, and far greater than any of us will have to know in the Lord Jesus Christ. What grief are we talking about? He came, He who knew no sin, and He became sin for us. The Bible says He hath made Him, God hath made Jesus who knew no sin to be made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. This is the sinless God of heaven. And when He came to this earth, He took on our sin. He took our grief. He took all the things that we should have paid for. He was acquainted with these things. And He was known for the sorrows that He was going to have to bear if any of us would be saved. He was the man of sorrows. Acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from Him. While He was there in the greatest depths of despair, the the, the hardest griefs that anyone has had to bear, yet we hid our faces from the Lord. Mm. And if we'd have been there, we'd have done the same exact thing. Hid, as it were, our faces from Him. He was despised, and we esteemed Him not despised by all. He came to His own. His own received Him not. There was not a big welcome opening for Him. 
And many times, even as you saw people follow Him, they weren't following Him for who He was, but for the benefits, the external benefits of who He was. We see in John chapter 6 that He had fed the multitude with some loaves and fishes, and yet they followed Him after that. And He said, you didn't follow Me for Me. You didn't want the bread from heaven. You followed because you wanted bread for your bellies. You wanted the external benefits. And that's the same for everybody today. We want self-preservation. Tell me how I can help myself. Tell me what can make me do better. What can I do to be saved? Is there something I can do? I'll do anything I want, but they don't want Christ. Surely it's just self-preservation. Surely it's just the pride of man. Every false religion in this world is what must I do? But the Bible says that you can do nothing. And on the contrary, you've done everything against God. You've done everything you could do that God should turn you away, that God should turn a blind eye to you, that God should condemn you to the hottest hell. And yet Jesus Christ came to this earth, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life that we couldn't live, lived a sinless life that we did not want to live, and He took on Himself as the innocent Lamb the, the payment that we deserve to pay. Amen. You realize that it wasn't the Roman soldiers beating Him that healed us, but it was the fact that He literally bore our sin upon Amen. the cross. And all those that look to Him, they're saved because of what He did and not because of what we did. He paid it all. Surely He bore our grief. Surely He took our sin. And yet we esteem Him not. Oh, is this the God the Father held up His Son on that cross and He beat Him with the holy strikes of justice that we're deserving, we were deserving of. And He crushed His Son on Calvary's tree because we couldn't do it. And yet we saw that and we esteemed Him not. Don't tell me you esteemed Him. We love Him because He first loved Amen. us. Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Now, as He was hanging on the cross, as the Jews walked around, they said, look, He's a blasphemer. And they believed that He really was dying for sins of His own. But our Lord Jesus Christ, as He hung on the cross, He was smitten of God. He was afflicted. He was bruised by the hand of God, but it was not for sins of His own. It was for my sin. Amen. It was for the sins of His people. You're right. That He could purchase in His blood a people for Himself to His glory, to His praise, to His honor. Now He was stricken and smitten of God and afflicted, but it was not because He had done anything to be that way. He's perfect. I believe we call Him Jesus the Son of God. I believe He is the Son of God. But He is more accurately, God the Son. Amen. All those that are saved are the children of God, but this man is God in the flesh, the incarnate Word. And God the Son carried our sin. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. With His stripes we are healed. Amen. Look how the prophet describes the case of every man, woman, boy, and girl ever born. We are sin, sick, and dead. We have a sickness that is far worse than any sickness that you can imagine. It is the sickness of sin. We are born with a sin nature. 
You realize this evening that we sin because we want to. You're right. We sin because we like it. It's not a whoa, whoa, whoopsie. It's not a boo-boo. It's not an accident. But it is premeditated sin against a thrice holy God. Amen. And every time we do that, it's because we want to do that over serve the Lord. We sin because we enjoy it. And that is our sickness. That is our sickness that we are healed from in the Lord Jesus Christ. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. With His stripes we are healed. The faith, health, wealth crowd will tell you that by His stripes we're healed. And if you claim the blood of Jesus, you can do whatever. You can be healed of this. You can be healed of that. You can get up and walk if you're paralyzed. That's not what this verse is talking about. It's talking about sin. And sin, what a sickness we have. We don't even know that we're sick. That's it. The darkness of this sickness. Look, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. With His stripes we are healed. The Bible says without the shedding of blood there's no remission. Amen. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to His own way. And the Lord hath laid on Him the iniquity of us all. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. Right. We do what we want to do. There's no such a thing as an atheist. Everyone believes in a God, but most of them it's their self. They believe that they're God. They have no accountability. Right. No, I'll do what I want to do. I'll be pleased with myself, whatever I feel like doing. And the Lord for His people has laid their iniquity on His darling Son. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before a shear is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. Right. Like what Spurgeon said about this, he was talking about uh, how the, the, the Lord had inspired this and he called us sheep, but then he compared his darling son to a sheep, a lamb. That would be completely idiotic for any of us to call Creator a weak little lamb. But it shows the humility of our Savior. That He humbled Himself in obedience to the Father. That He humbled Himself to the will of God the Father. And as a lamb was brought to the shear, look what great humility. As a sheep before shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. I see here the love of God, the grace of God that He went willingly and He went quietly to do what the Father had told Him to do. Amen. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare His generation? For He was cut off out of the land of the living. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Uh, he was taken into the prison and He was taken to Calvary's cross and He was killed on the cross. He, right was slain on the cross. And who shall declare His generation? For most people, you'd think if a person died that that was the end of their seed, but in fact, this was the only way that He would have a seed. And that is through His death, His obedience, and His resurrection. And who shall declare His seed? I believe tonight that He died for many. Who shall declare His generation? For He's cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of My people was He stricken. Jesus didn't go to the cross to make it possible for you to be saved. 
Jesus went to the cross to save sinners. Amen. Amen. He went and He purchased the people in His blood for Himself. Amen. And those now, listen, if He went to make it possible and you've got to do everything you can do to add to that, there's no hope in that salvation. But when you look at the Scriptures and see that He went to the cross and He purchased in His blood our redemption, our forgiveness, that's a Jesus that you can look to Him and be saved. Amen. Amen. That's a good Jesus. Amen. That's a good sacrifice. That's that's one that I can lay my head on my pillow every night knowing I am His. I don't have to worry about it. Amen. He did it all. Amen. When He died on the cross, He actually accomplished what He meant to accomplish. Right. He didn't leave anything for me and say, Jackson, come on, I'm rooting for you. I'm cheering for you. Right. He said, you old heathen, come to me. Amen. Come to me. And He made His grave with the wicked and with the rich in His death. You, you, you see here in this text that God the Father had delivered His Son over into the hand of the wicked. There's not a single person in this world that could have ripped Him out of heaven and sacrificed Him on that cross. You're right. There's not all the armies of this world that could go against our God, but the Father delivered His Son over to the wicked and to the rich to make His death. Because He had done no violence, neither was any deceit in His mouth. Again and again and again, we see how Jesus had done nothing wrong. By all accounts, this was an unjust slave. And you would think that He had done nothing wrong. He had never done any deceit. He had never done any violence. He had never done anything to break the law of God. Why then is... Listen, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise Him. How is that possible? Because when He was bruised, it was in our stead. Amen. He died for something. Our sin. The sins of His people. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise Him. Judicially, the Lord is pleased. Yes. The Godhead is pleased with this sacrifice. There is therefore now no condemnation of those in Christ Jesus because Christ paid it all. There's no reason for any more condemnation Jesus paid it all. He was pleased. Jehovah God is pleased with the bruising of Christ. Amen. He hath put Him to grief. When thou shalt make His soul an offering for sin, He shall see His seed. He shall prolong His days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in His hand. The will of God, the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in His hand. By that simply means this, the ministry of the Lord will be fruitful. The ministry of this Gospel will be fruitful. God will save sinners. He is saving sinners. And I'm thankful for that. This was not some useless, unfruitful event that was left up to chance. God saves sinners. The pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in His hand. He shall see of the travail of His soul and shall be satisfied. Man, isn't that something? He shall be satisfied. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. The very fact of the matter is, for all whom Christ died for, they shall come to Him. And it's not because you made a better choice. It's not because you knew more. It is all a work of the triune God. Amen. Amen. That's how God or Jesus can see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. 
The Father elects. The Son paid for on the cross. And the Holy Spirit goes out and applies it. That God is really, truly the Savior. By His knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. Many. There was to be a title this evening, that would be it. By His knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. Why? For He shall bear their iniquities. Friend, there's not one that Christ died for that will spend an eternity in hell. It cannot happen. Therefore will I divide Him a portion with the great... So really we see through the text, we start off with uh, uh, an introduction of who, what the Gospel is, the man of sorrows of Christ, and we get into how He's a lamb for the slaughter, and it, it really uh, uh, hammers down on how he, he gave His life for ransom for many. And then here in these final verses, it talks about the victorious Christ. Amen. He is victorious. He is victorious. Listen to this. He shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many? For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. He shall divide the spool with the strong. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bare the sin of many. And made intercession for the transgressors. Amen. We have a victorious Christ. We have a Christ that you can look to with all assurance and know that He saves sinners. He is victorious. We have who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. We have the man of sorrows. We have the lamb slain. And we have the victorious Savior. He came to this earth born of a virgin. Why? He didn't take on the form of monkeys to save monkeys. He didn't take on the form of angels to save the devil. The devil can't be saved. Amen. He came to save the elect of Adam's race. Amen. He came born of a virgin, took on the flesh to be like us, to save us. Amen. He lived a sinless life. He fulfilled the law. And He died an innocent death. Yet on Him was our sin. Amen. Can you grasp that? Do you understand that? Oh, yeah. Glory to His Amen. name. Amen. And all praise, all honor, all glory, all majesty, all worship is due the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Is due the Father. Is due the Godhead. He was wounded. He did this. And He rose again. And He shall never die Amen. again. Amen. Brother, 